Technically, Bungie jumped on accident. I did not expect that drop. I did not want that drop. I did not love hearing this six foot, 300 pound man scream to the top of his lungs that went before me. Coming up on Travel Itch, travel expert Ashley Company talks about her early days as a traveling newbie, when her spotty Spanish language skills left her swinging from a bridge, when an outdated guidebook left her in the rain with nowhere to stay, and how she turned her passion for adventure into two thriving travel businesses. I'm Jennifer John, the founder of eco-friendly travel wear brand Pangwangle. Our clothes repel insects so you can have more fun outside, bite free. Welcome to our Pangwangle podcast, Travel Itch. Are you looking for adventure? Right this way. We are so glad that you're here with us. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's go back to your youth. You developed a love of travel early on. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. So I'm actually a third generation military family. So my grandparents were in the Air Force retired Air Force and my mom, she retired Army. Um, and I also served eight years in Army Reserve. Growing up, I remember my earliest memory was traveling to Turkey, Adana, Turkey, to visit my grandparents who were stationed there. Adana is a large and growing city in Southern Turkey, 30 miles from the Mediterranean Sea. It's the center of the Turkish cotton industry and sits about 600 miles southeast of Istanbul, near the border with Syria. My neighbors were from Turkey and I wanted to play with them. I was like seven. So I remember having to learn how to speak in Turkish, at least count to 10, because I wanted to play hide and seek, right? So that's one of my very memorable times where I was like, this is really interesting. If I want to play, if I want to connect, I have to learn their language. And so I became really passionate about, you know, wanting to connect with people in that way. Some of the ways that I've learned empathy, which is a, a core value in the service projects that we do th with my company, happen at that young age, seeing a different side of the world and people who, you know, had more economic disadvantages than myself. The next time I really traveled was then my mom's turn. She got stationed in South Korea. And so I lived there in the sixth grade. I was on the swim team and I remember going to Japan for a meet. It takes about three hours by ferry to get from South Korea to Japan. Three ferry lines run back and forth every day. I learned quickly being able to just see how people live and the culture and adapting some of those characteristics. I just love traveling truly immersive experiences. I read on your blog that you wrote that travel saved you. What do you mean by that? So my grandmother had my mom at 15 and my mom had me at 18. And as a result of the teenage pregnancies with limited support, they were trying to figure out a way to kind of break the generational cycle of poverty. The military helped with that, with stabilizing paycheck and a career path. It helped get my grandmother to a better place where she could help my mom. Once my mom had me, she joined the military. I say travel saved me because without them making that decision and having those duty stations where they had to you know, go to Turkey or Korea, it instilled in me in a very young age to do something different. I knew that there was more. But once you show somebody that there's something more out there, they have something more to fight for and to be motivated, inspired by, and that is why I say travel changed me. 
Ashley studied business in college and landed a big corporate job. But soon after, in 2012, Ashley's wanderlust took her in a different direction, and then many different directions. Well, let's go back to your personal travel experiences. So she, you went to college. Where'd you go? What'd you major in? I went to Hampton University in Virginia, and I majored in sport management, which is essentially, this is a pretty new major, but it's essentially business management with the emphasis on sports. So I actually thought maybe I'd start some type of nonprofit helping kids do sports. But once I graduated and I had this really great opportunity for this corporate hire program with Pepsi, I went to working for the first time and you finally have some money. And so you remember the travel experiences from being a military child, but now you're like, what's a vacation look like? I remember it was my 25th birthday and I had my two best friends and had our plans to go to Dominican Republic. Had never been there before. We found a good deal for a resort. Very excited. I'm 25. The milestone birthday, like two days before the trip, they both have to cancel within like two or three days. Very legitimate reasons. I still tease them about that to this day, but it was legitimate. They were doing some great things and something came up. So I understood, but here I am running a district in Raleigh, North Carolina, in our Carolinas region. Don't know anybody there. This is a big day. I'm like, well, will I just sit in North Carolina? I'm far away from family. What do I do? So I said, okay, I think I'm going to go. I was a little scared, but I'm like, I'm going to go because I'll just literally sit on the resort. Even if I don't move a muscle, at least I know I'll be safe because I'm just sitting there. And at least I'm sitting there instead of in my house in North Carolina. So I did, that changed everything because that was my first true time traveling solo. I fell in love with Latin culture. I met friends there who were local. That's why I was like, I gotta learn this language just like I needed to learn the language when I was seven in Turkey. So I really wanted to connect. And I just started teaching myself Spanish every day, communicating with the friends I met. That was the first time there on that resort that I learned how to dance salsa. So I came back, I took a salsa class. I was struggling with some other things and salsa dance really distracted me from that, really supported me and my mental health. And so I was just really getting into the Latin culture and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm coming back. And so I knew that I had worked enough and that I was the next step was business school. But I was like, before I go there, I'm gonna create my own gap year. My friends were like, don't come to Dominican Republic. They felt it was unsafe and they were from there. I was like, well, if I'm gonna go do this by myself, then I wanna pick the friendliest place in the world. So I literally Googled it and it said Costa Rica. The Happy Planet Index ranks Costa Rica as one of the happiest and most sustainable countries in the world. It also has a life expectancy of age 80, which is higher than in the US. Wow, so first of all, deciding to do something solo, that seems, I've, I've never done it. I think that seems like a big decision. Was it simply because you couldn't find anybody who was willing to take a year of their life off with you? Or did you really want to go solo? So that's what made me start the company. Ask really good questions. So I knew that it wasn't realistic for people to take a year because that's not ingrained in America's culture. People have to work and they don't get a lot of vacation time. But I did think that while I was gone, people would meet me. You come, you friend come for a week, you friend come for two weeks or whatever you have. Nobody came. So I learned two things in that really big travel experience was one, that there were literally Black people everywhere. And I was well-educated, but I missed that part. 
nobody really taught me that part. I thought we were typically in the US, in Africa, in the Caribbean, but I found Afro-Mexicans, Afro-Peruvians, Afro-Ecuadorians. And so that was transformational for me to see my world so differently as being told I'm a minority all my life. And globally, we're actually the majority. There's black people literally everywhere. And so that was really powerful to see. And the second thing that I learned is though, even though black people are in all these places, black Americans were not. I didn't see one other person like me out of all these countries, out of all this time I traveled and I couldn't get any of my friends to actually come. So that is why I was like, I have to do something about this. And I think I wanna start with young people because I feel like they would listen to me. Little did I know, there was all these adults who were like seeing my travels along the way. And one day I just posted on Facebook and I was like, if I did a trip, cause they knew, cause I'm always fundraising. I was always begging for money for the girls. They knew what it was about. But I was like, if I do this for women, Women only, you know, for adults, make it make it a good time. Would you want to do it? There were people literally in my inbox saying, give me your PayPal. I'm just going to send you my money. Adam's like, I don't even know how much it costs yet. She's like, I don't care. I know I want to be on it. I'm going to just send you $100 so you know I'm serious. Here's my spot. You tell me how much the rest of it costs later. But before Ashley built a thriving travel business, she was a backpacking 20-something with an outdated guidebook, determined to spend a year exploring before going back to school for an MBA. When I thought about solo traveling through Latin America, I was like, what if I get to a place and then I realize I don't have a place to stay that night? What do I do? That happened to me. Okay, that's what I'm wondering. Like, there's a lot of serendipity. There's a lot of things moving parts. So tell me about your experience. When I think about some of the things I've been through, I'm like, that, that probably wasn't, I don't know, that could have been kind of crazy, but I made it through. So even that particular example, when I didn't have a place to stay. So back then, before like all of the blogs and definitely, you know, for Instagram and everything was going crazy, you had to use Lonely Planet or something like that, a book, which that book can be outdated and a new edition is coming out and in the works. So if a hostel closes down or something, you wouldn't know until you get there. And that's essentially what happened. I was on my way from Costa Rica to Nicaragua. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get on the bus by myself there. I know I'm gonna meet more people at the hostel. And I did, even the, the guy that ended up sitting next to me, he was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to this part of Nicaragua too. We're getting off on the same stop. He was from Belgium and he was really nice. And as we got there, we got there at night, it was raining. I had my Lonely Planet book. I saw he was reading his, he had a newer edition. He saw where I was going and he was like, oh, that's not there anymore. Look in the, this new book, that's closed down. So. I'm staying here, you probably wanna look at this one. I was like, oh, that looks good, great. So we'll walk together. We walked there to where he had in his brand new edition and they were, cause we got there at night, it was raining. They were closed. Like the person that would check you in wasn't available. Then we walked to the next place on the street and they were full. And so it was starting to get like, what is happening? And we walked to another place, they just weren't opening the doors. So we went back to the place that said they were full and we're like, can we sit in the lobby? Like, we don't know what to do. Can you tell us where to go? He was like, okay, we do have one room, but there was somebody that was supposed to come in. I don't think they're coming. One room. <laughs> With you and your new boyfriend. Exactly, my new Belgian boyfriend. So that was a crazy story. Uh, he happened to be a perfect gentleman and you know, we had so much fun and he slept on the floor calling my mom and explaining that to her. She could have just gone crazy. And even when I look back on it, I'm like, ah, but 
without that risk, I wouldn't have had the reward to see that he was actually a really great person. It's a great story to tell. He was a photographer, so we ended up traveling the next day, and now we're familiar. Now that we know each other's not crazy, we could actually save money if we move into a double. So now that we have two beds, now that they have availability. And so we actually shared space and walked around and took cool pictures, and that was an experience. So, you know, there's always just new learnings, new experiences, new possibilities when you can just exercise trust in the universe and in yourself and then just make sure that it makes sense and then see what happens. I think the universe has a way of responding. And if your intentions are, I want to explore, I want to connect to more of humanity, I think the reward is outweighing the risk. You're listening to Travel Itch. Feed your restless soul with stories from around the globe. Brought to you by Pangwangle, travel wear that's bug repellent and eco-friendly so you can go far, bite free. What was the best adventure you had in Latin America? Hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if I would call this the best, but I think it's interesting that I technically, I kind of bungee jumped on accident. Anybody who knows me, they think I'm so adventurous and I am, but not that type of adventure. I don't want to jump off of a perfectly good bridge and I don't want to jump out of a perfectly healthy plane. That's not my thing. My thing is find a hostel at the last minute in the middle of nowhere. That's my level of risk. And I was learning my Spanish and I thought I was getting pretty good. And I just didn't hear this part. It was a, like a 10 line zip line. And I heard Tarzan swing, but what I thought Tarzan swing meant was like, you hold on to something and you jump into the water, something fun. What it actually was, was it was like a bungee jump. The only difference was instead of jumping head first, you're in a harness, but they still drop you the same. I did not expect that drop. I did not want that drop. I did not love hearing this six foot, 300 pound man screamed to the top of his lung that went before me. I didn't want any of that, but the way that the course was, we had already traversed every single zip line. So we were so far into it and the end where the bus was and it also wasn't set up to just go back. It just really wasn't set up for that. I really didn't have a choice. And the way it is, it's like kind of like a batter up. So you're already out on this ledge as the person that's next up. I was terrified because I'm like, if he's sounding like this, his scream was so high pitched. He was freaking out. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. And I sounded just like him. Of course, in the end, I'm glad I did it, but I would not do it again because I don't <laughs> just don't like that feeling. Well, so tell me about Columbia. What's it like? Take me there. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? like why are you drawn back there? first time I went there was 10 years ago backpacking, but I've since lived there. And so there's mountains. My One of my favorite areas is Medellin and there's beach. The people are friendly. The food is good. I really am drawn by places that are rich in the African diaspora. And I'm always fascinated by the resilience and the way that we have been able to keep some of our culture because a lot of it wasn't allowed to keep our names, keep our language and so many of our traditions, but some things made it through. And with Colombia, there's a, a special place called San Basilio de Palenque. And that is essentially like a little Africa. Um, it was the first settled town of a free person that was once enslaved. And so there's a really deep concentration of people of African descent, of Afro-Colombians there 
San Basilio de Palenque is a walled community about 30 miles from Colombia's northern port city of Cartagena. It was founded more than four centuries ago by people who escaped slavery and built a town that has stayed intact since the colonial days, preserving its African food, language, and cultural traditions for centuries. I just really want people who are not ready to yet travel to Africa for whatever obstacles they feel, and maybe it's too far, the flight is more expensive because it's further away, come to Colombia because it's truly amazing and you can get like a glimpse of it. I feel like I could talk about Latin America forever, but but I know that you're you're sort of I, I guess is it right to say your heart's in Africa? Honestly, my my heart is with the world. I love to travel, but when it comes to being a world travel expert, when I focus on Africa travel experiences, it's mainly because it can be difficult to travel Africa that I've made it my mission to make Africa travel easy. We just remove everything from the planning stage to having to think about anything. Just want to make sure everybody's having a good time. Um, but with Africa, even from a flight perspective, when you're trying to move from country to country, it's not as easy as it would be in North America or Europe or Asia, like literally everywhere. But Africa, the flight patterns are, are difficult. So you need somebody who knows like, this is the best way to go about this. When it comes to areas that are less developed, I try to make sure that you can, you can still enter these areas and have a really great cultural experience, have a good time, but you need to know the proper ways to do that. There's literal like tours just to go visit slums. And I have a problem with that. It'd be one thing if it was actually benefiting the people there. And like you're saying, oh, I just want to learn. I just want to see. But it feels very much like a taking relationship to go in on the air conditioned bus to view the poverty and to take pictures and then leave. And there's no support. That's a primary reason why I created the service project as a staple part of our business, because I want you to connect with the locals. I want you to see all sides, but it needs to have a purpose. So you would get to go into the village and not feel bad about it because you're going there to show them that you care. But of course you're giving, but it gives so much back to us to feel good, to connect, to share the laughter, to share the lunch, to give the gifts and to give the gifts that they said they want instead of us telling them and taking more of a colonial approach to say, you need this and, and they actually don't. Um, so when we do it that way, it makes everybody involved feel really good about the visit. Africa is so vast with the 54 countries, there's so many experiences. So there's the tours of slums, but there's also traditional tribes like the Maasai village. When you're there, you can actually shop for all of their handcrafted goods. So that's also another good reason because you're supporting them with commerce where it's not, I don't think it's a bad thing because they're, they're welcoming it to come into the home, let them show you their home and also buy their handcrafted things, which are gorgeous. So, so I feel like there's a mutually um, beneficial situation there. Tell me the story about how you ended up going to Africa the first time. Yeah, I saw I was in North Carolina uh, working and I, my district was through Chapel Hill and Durham. And I kept passing this Kenyan restaurant and, you know, because I'm always driving through and checking on stores, I would 
try to figure out okay, where I'm going to eat today. I like to try to eat different places. And that definitely came from living in Korea, living in Turkey, things like that. So I'm like, Kenyan? I had never heard of any African food. I hadn't seen any restaurants like that before. And so I'm like, definitely going here. As soon as I went in there, I'm like, I have no idea what to order. What is this? And so I asked the waiter and he happens to be the owner's son. So it was a family business. And he was like my age, he was really nice. And he was like, what are you doing here by yourself? And I have a, you know, a Southern accent being from Georgia. So like, and where you're from? And he was just asking me questions and he was helping me pick out the menu. And so by the time I finished eating and checking out, cause I was there by myself. So he was talking to me more. He was like, well, we have parties here every whatever. And that particular night, the party was that night. He was like, you should come. And I'm like, great. Cause again, I didn't have any friends there. I'm just new, you know? And so I went and that's when I met his sister and the rest of his friends in that community, a lot of Kenyan people and also, other Africans and I just had never been in that environment and we partied all night we had so much fun and I was like oh great I found friends and then within like three weeks you know we're Facebook friends we're all chatting and his cousins was on his page and saying can't wait for you guys to come to the wedding so I'm jumping in the comments like what wedding where y'all going y'all going to Kenya y'all not going without me ha 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 but I was I was just joking kind of <laughs> they, they didn't know my extensive like travel background and so they were in this so the cousin was like oh yeah you should definitely come the cousin in Kenya who I never met I'm just in the comments joking around and I was like well I just want to make sure you're sure because I know y'all don't know me that well yet I will come I really will come she was like oh okay yeah no come I booked the ticket like that week I booked the ticket and so my friends were like no you didn't because they've been trying to get their friends to come for years Turns out that their family is so wildly connected in Kenya that we were with family members who were in the slums. We were with family members who were in political offices. We were visiting family members who had mansions. Like I saw so much. It wasn't just a tour, right? It wasn't just a Google a tour company and just go and then see whatever they give you and you just stay in the capital city and go on safari go to the beach and go home. I saw so much more. And that really shifted what I create for Jelani Travel today, because I want all of my clients to feel like they're traveling with somebody's family. You go off the beaten path, you're connected. I had a phenomenal experience and I try to recreate that every country that we go to. <laughs> What would you say was the most eye-opening thing that you saw or did in Kenya? The safari experience was incredible. It was this holistic experience about like how we could be in the home of like kind of like a shanty or a shack and then to see that they would still be just as hospitable to give whatever it is that they have. Like those memories left deep impressions and then we would go into somebody's mansion and it would still be the same offering of like, Here's your tea, here are the nuts, here's the mandazis. It was the same setup, it just looked way different. I looked at your website and next year you've got eight trips that people can sign up for. If you were gonna take us on one of those tours, can you just take us, I'm going with you, where would you wanna take of one of those eight places and what would we do there and what, what's your recommendation for that location? Mm, let's see, so if you were going... Pick Seychelles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I looked at your, <laughs> I, 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 
incredible. I looked it up because I was like, wait, I don't know much about this place. And I was like, I need to know about this place. I mean, I don't know. I have not been to Africa, so I, there's a lot to learn for me. But but I'd never really thought about Seychelles. Seychelles is incredible. For me, it has a lot of beautiful nature, especially like beaches, ocean views, kind of a mountainous area. It's like has a, several islands to see just more beautiful beaches. So when you think about just really just going to relax and unplug and just let the beauty of the nature kind of like just restore you and just bring that serenity, that's what Seychelles offers for me. I would think of like taking you through probably our Kenya Zanzibar trip because for the people who like multiple countries, get multiple passport stamps, and then to have the best safari experience in the world. There's other safari places. Um, South Africa is really good, Botswana, but the best in the world would be Kenya, Tanzania, because there's the Maasai Mara and the Serengeti, and they're, they're just known. It's where the great migration happens. And so to be in a luxury glamping experience where you're out in the middle of nature, yet there's a soaking tub and beautiful bed, pillow, duvet. You know, you, some people think like, oh, I'm camping. Where's my sleeping bag? But this is luxury next level, just in the middle of the national park. So to have that experience, see elephants walking around, but there's an electrical fence so they wouldn't walk right to you, but you can still see them. See if you can find and just watch the lion and, you know, the big five, so many different animals, I think is a really incredible experience. And then after being kind of in the nature and on that adventure to then fly to Zanzibar to end your trip. Pristine beach a lot of cultural opportunities, historic opportunities around the island to see like the spices, the old city with the incredible doors that have huge wooden doors with spikes and dipped in gold and things like that. So it's a really sensory experience traveling Kenya Zanzibar and some of my favorite food because they have this Swahili culture that's a mix of the East African and Arab culture is kind of coming together. So it's one of my favorite places. It takes less than two hours to fly south from Nairobi, Kenya to the island of Zanzibar off the coast of Tanzania in East Africa. Zanzibar is famous for its spice production, cloves, nutmeg, cinnamon, and black pepper. Historic Zanzibar city is a world heritage site and tourism is also a big part of the economy. There's excursions where you could swim with the sea turtles. There's a full moon party a beach party that happens depending on the cycle, the schedule, the calendar. But if not, they still party anyway um, on the beach. And we do traditional Dow cruises. So on the boat at sunset, have drummers on the boat. You just kind of set sail and then they'll park the boat far off the shore and we can dive and just swim and just have a good time with the music and just each other in connection with each other. Sometimes deep questions are asked and because we, we are now opened up, we've been through some things, we've seen some things, we've explored together. And so now we're just kind of in sharing mode. There's this one opportunity where you can take a boat out to a restaurant in the middle of the ocean. It's called The Rock. It's really cool. 
because I move so much, because I'm a nomad, because I've traveled so many places, people always ask me like, where is home? The short answer is I say Augusta, Georgia, because I grew up there. But the real answer is home is wherever I am, because wherever I am is where I'm going to try to find community. There's so many things you can do in order to travel without being rich because I've been to over half the world's countries and I'm not rich. There's like a balance between conveniences and experiences. So if you are looking at it from like, I have to be only luxury, then that might be limited. But if you're looking at it like I'm here for the experiences and I just want to be, you know, safe, clean and comfortable, then there's ways to go about it. And maybe you have to take a longer bus ride instead of the plane. But you also the benefit of that is you get to see so much of the country. So there's always pros and cons and ways and tricks and hacks. I actually have an ebook called Black Girl Travel Hacks. It's hacks for anybody, but I really wanted that community who seems to really think that travel is out of reach, that there's hacks and there's things you can do to save money, to save time, and to be safe. For saving money, I mean, there's so many ways you have to think about the flight. If you get a flight that has an incredibly long layover, typically it's short because the airline is seeing it as an inconvenience. But I see it as a win because it's a way to go explore another country technically for free. So technically, if you look at it like that, you're saving all this money. So I've went to the UK. I'd love to go back and actually explore more, but I spent a day there. The first time I went to Egypt, I had 24 hour layover. I got to see the pyramids and hop back on the plane. So another travel hack is looking at the airline and seeing what they offer for those layovers to make it work for you better. So. For example, Turkish Airlines, if you have a layover over, I believe, eight hours, then Turkish Airlines will allow you to do a trip for free and they have it set up so they know that you'll get back on time and you'll be able to go see their grand mosque and have a dinner. A lot of people do that with Paris. They'll go see the Eiffel Tower really quick, come back. And if you just Google airline layovers, that will typically show you what they already have set up. You know, they have this flight path all the time. And then I would also recommend if you're looking for another money hack, if you're looking for a place to go, you're like, I don't even, I don't even know, I want a budget. I don't know what I can even afford. I don't know what I don't know. You can go to google.com slash flights and just type in where you are and then just search and it'll give you a map and it'll show you all the places you can go from where you are and how much it costs. Sometimes you'll be surprised and you'll see something very far away for something lower. So you're like, oh, now I can actually afford to go somewhere really far. And I'm really excited about that. So it's just a place where you can start the dream. Find more of Ashley's travel hacks, plus pictures from her favorite adventures on pangwangle.com. So I am a founder of a social enterprise. So I have the for-profit company, Jelani Travel, where adults will travel and have their full vacation with a purpose, where we curate it from start to finish. Um, but then the charity is for young people, young adults and youth who want a chance to explore their world around them. And so the first step they need, the tool that they need to access the rest of the world is a U.S. passport. And so we sponsor those. We also have a digital curriculum 
online learning program called Passport to Cultural Freedom, where they're able to take that course and shift their mindset around travel, around Africa specifically. So we're trying to get them to reimagine Africa because I believe that when we change the way that we see Africa, we can change the way that we see ourselves. And the courses themselves go over ancient Africa, modern Africa. A lot of times in our school systems, we're only learning about black history starting from slavery because they kind of start in the US, but there's so much rich history around the globe and just really breaking it down all the way to where we are today and why they should be proud of our humanity, being global citizens, wanting to see the whole world and to definitely not skip over Africa because that's a beautiful place where humanity started. And then, it's all the way into the last module where they learn about the passport application process and the privilege of a U.S. passport. We introduce them to like study abroad programs and other programs. So we just let them know what's out there. And then that ends and they apply and then they will physically get a U.S. passport in the mail. If they want to travel with us, we've done things like college tours in South Africa. They do a service project in Ghana. We've traveled to Trinidad and Tobago and the Caribbean. We have my diplomat friends who come in and talk about their jobs. As a result, we've had people who are taking the test to become diplomats. We've had our alumni who have studied abroad once they've graduated and gone to college. So there's so many great things that takes place from them having these experiences. That must be rewarding for you. It's like the reason behind everything. Yeah, it's, it's really my why. I'm really focused on helping us reimagine our greatness. And I know that there are a lot of ways to do that. There's band camps and sport camps and STEM camps. But I think there's a piece around increasing our cultural competencies that would help just literally, not to sound cliche, but make the world a better place if we were able to understand and celebrate our differences. So what's next for you and Jelani Travel and you, Ashley Company? We are, you know, we have these destinations. We do have um, a few surprise new destinations that'll be launched soon. So I definitely encourage people to follow us on Instagram at Jelani Travel. And then for me personally, uh, I do have some things in the work that I'm very excited about announcing that's completely out of the box from any of the stories that you've heard already. <laughs> so, so so, a new adventure that, yeah, definitely I'll be making that announcement soon so you can follow me uh, at Ashley in Company underscore. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us and I really appreciate you sharing all your stories. Is there any other parting thought that you have for people who are thinking like, I would like to travel, but I just can't figure it out? If you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like you can't figure it out, I would say start traveling near your home because some people think that traveling doesn't count unless it's international or it's abroad but that's not the case you still get to see a new place that will often surprise you there's some beautiful nature out here and people with cool accents and just different things to explore well thanks again i appreciate it and best of luck to you and take me with you next time. No. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. We're happy to curate an experience for you. I think you would love it. I know I would. I know I would. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Travel Itch, brought to you by Penguangle, bug repellent travel wear for the modern adventurer. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe. Visit penguangle.com to see pictures from Ashley's adventures, plus her best travel tips. 
Special thanks to sound design engineer George Ingmeyer and producer Mary Negrato. I'm Jennifer John, and remember, the more you explore, the more you find. <laughs>